Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are excited today. We are talking underrated rom-coms. And this is now our third episode that we've been talking underrated rom-coms. And the second one was over on my other channel, Rachel's Reviews. Now we're back on Hallmarkies podcast. So much fun. Check out both channels. They're great. Uh, but uh, I'm from Grid Grace Wagner and I have with me my friend Jennifer Chandler's here. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. We are now officially a trilogy. Yeah, can you believe it? I know. We have, like, now I have a full exclusive spreadsheet just for Underrated Rom-Coms podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I've got yeah. a list of ones I still need to check out to see if they'll make the cut for the next one we do. <laughs> yeah. It's getting, this is getting uh, serious here. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I had no idea I made this kind of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, so. Yeah. No, it's not really a, a, a taxing thing. Yeah, and I I wanted to do this because I kept thinking of new ones as you know as we were chatting you know chatting back and forth throughout the holiday season. Oh, this one we should do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another one we should add to the list. We should add to this. Uh, and with Valentine's in February, it just seemed like the perfect time to talk about some underrated. Uh, rom-coms and as we've said in this series before basically underrated doesn't mean we think it's perfect or it's like a masterpiece we just think it deserves a little love mm-hmm. yeah so we're gonna talk about it <laughs> <laughs> but uh did you have a good uh holiday season your christmas season did you have a pretty good yeah it was nice uh busy of course and uh, you know it's been nicer obviously uh Omicron is wreaking mm-hmm. havoc, but it was right kind of in that sweet spot before things got wonky again. So got to see some family and um, just have a nice, yeah. relaxing holiday and was grateful for all the time we got to spend with family. That's good. Yeah. I know. How about you? Well, same with me because uh, usually actually even be- before uh, COVID, uh, BC, I guess I, uh, I would still usually <laughs> not see my, my family that much because usually my parents would go to spend time with the grandkids, you know, during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we'd usually celebrate early. And in 2020, I, he, it was just me and my parents, which was different. So 2021 randomly, three of my siblings are now living nearby nice moment yeah and so now there's basically four out of six of us that are around and uh and then i went to disneyland awesome on on christmas day day how magical was it magical of course it's it's (laughs) disneyland (laughs) true true that (laughs) um it was a little bit of a bummer because it did rain and it was pretty cold um Mm. the whole trip but it's still disneyland i mean come on (laughs) can't really go wrong yeah it's so fun uh (laughs) so all right well let's dive in we have our five uh recommendations we're going to talk about and we'd love to hear in the comment section or on twitter let us know what you think are underrated and that you enjoy we'd love to hear what you think or what you think of our picks uh that would be really fun so why don't you go first what's your first um underrated my first pick is Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> it is, uh, a, I love it. It's one of my favorite older movies starring Judy Garland. Um, and I, there's a bunch of other people that I know I should know who they are, but she's the main one. <laughs> but um, 
it's, I love it in general. Um, it's such an interesting, it focuses on a family that lives in shockingly St. Louis, um, where they're going to have the world's fair. And it's just, it just feels like a slice of life from that time period. You just watch them through different seasons and there's nothing like super crazy and riveting and exciting, but it's just, it's just a really beautiful piece about a family and their problems that they're facing. And of course, you know, who's going to marry who and the, the romance or possible <laughs> romance with the boy next door. And then um, I used to watch this at my grandmother's house, like all the time. And she had a two VHS tape set. And the first one was the movie. And the second one was like the making of, and uh, the director, I believe he was the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vincent Minnelli. I wasn't sure if he's a producer or the director, but Vincent Minnelli um, supposedly fell in love with Judy Garland on set. And so there were a bunch of people that were talking about how the way that he filmed her was like him falling in love with her. And there was a bunch about their engagement. And it's just it's just a beautiful movie. And mm-hmm. um, I love that it's an ensemble movie. Um, it's not just Judy Garland, uh, which back then I think they did a better job with ensembles. But um it's just a really nice like it is a romance but it's also about family love too so i just i, I love, love it. this movie so much i'm, I'm so totally glad <laughs> i mean just even just alone for have yourself a merry little christmas which is a song that yes! i love and adore which was and- invented for this movie yeah mm-hmm and I mean, I'm a huge Judy Garland fan. I love her voice. I I just think she was a, a really sad figure that mm-hmm. I wish had had a happier life. Same. But uh, her talent, I just really admire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Margaret O'Brien as yes. Trudy <laughs> is so cute. She's a pill. She's <laughs> funny. She's so morbid, too. Berries are dull because yeah. they're dying of various illnesses. <laughs> So, yeah <laughs> so dark and funny and so very much like a kid like <laughs> it's not a not a scripted tidied up kid it's like an actual right. child with a dark sense of humor yeah. it's pretty funny yeah when they go to that for the halloween portion yes. and they go to that graveyard that's yes. really good it's really yeah. great and yeah when she destroys the snowman it's it's an incredible piece of acting yeah, well, and that's the worst. That's actually the worst part. In the in the extras, oh. uh, somebody told them that they were going to kill her dog or something, and that's why she freaked out and did such a good job of destroying the snowman because they told her someone was going to kill her dog. Oh my Some, goodness! Something must have happened. They, they mean, yeah, she incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's it's wonderful, and um, and he's got guy- so many great songs like clank yes. clank clank went the trolley. Yes, <laughs> I, I used to have to sing that on repeat to my son when he was an infant he loved trains and sounds and so that was one of the ones that he would calm down if i sang it now he would be mortified Mm -hmm. so i don't have to do it anymore but (laughs) it's it's okay yeah (laughs) john was so handsome oh how can i ignore the boy (laughs) next door it's so good and plus it's a christmas movie yes it is yes so that's perfect for hallmarkies they're gonna love it (laughs) it's so good yeah and i i really love mary astor as the mom Mm. Uh, she was also in one of the versions of little women it's not the best version it's not great but she's great and she's like to me the the iconic marmy like the person i think of when i think of 
I can women see that. in Marmy. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, they so. they just had such a great like all of them had such a great dynamic and they felt like mm-hmm. a real family. Like they didn't feel like characters that were one dimensional. They felt like right. you know, there's a grandpa who's one of my favorites. He's so funny mm-hmm. and he's doing jigs all around the house. And <laughs> <laughs> but ev- and everyone I, just fit in. Yeah, and I love the costumes. Yes. With the big hats and the it's that turn of the century kind of look. Uh, is really fun and it's just one of the greats. So I think it's, it's just a uh, feel good movie. It, mm. It's just so sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a very good pick. Thank you well, very much. I'm so glad you approved. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, I I think I, in my in the words of my friend Ryan, I'd say a hard left um, <laughs> because this is not on the same level of quality of that <laughs> classic film. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is called Drive Me Crazy, <laughs> 1999. Um, this movie, I think it got kind of lost in the she's all that uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I like it better than she's all that. I know. Shocking. Shocking. I have but to it came admit, out the same I year. I haven't seen it. It's so fun. Um, it's got uh, uh, it's got Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier, and they basically they play neighbors, and he's kind of like the cool, chill guy, and she's uh, kind of uh, I don't know. She's stressed out all the time, and like always <laughs> worried about. Like they're very different. They're very different, and. Anyway, and so they end up getting broken up by their um, relationships. And so they uh, pretend to be in love with each other mm. in hopes of kind of bringing the, the exes back Oh, to the them. jealousy play. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all leading up to the big prom and everything. And, and of course, and of course they, you know, become attracted to each other as they're pretending to be in a relationship. And I love fake relationship movies. It's one of my favorite genres. <laughs> it's a, it's one a good my, trope. <laughs> one of my favorite tropes. And I do think they actually have really good chemistry and it's funny. Uh, and uh, you also have kind of this side relationship between their, her dad and his mom start dating Awkward. So they were kind of awkward. both dating, which is awkward <laughs> and funny. Um, but I think it actually has pretty good character development. It feels relatively believable for these kinds of high school movies. Um, and I I just, I think it's better than a lot of these other kind of similar teen um romance you know kind of stories i do think it's underrated and uh it's it's a fun one i know you, i would be how positive you'd like it <laughs> yeah shockingly enough yet again my list is growing longer because you've given me another <laughs> recommendation that i need to watch <laughs> yeah i mean even looking at the images it's like super flashbacked high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything the hairstyles and the clothes mm-hmm. it's like just picked it out of my yearbook <laughs> Yeah, I I think that uh, anybody on that's listening to Hallmark's podcast will enjoy this movie. It's <laughs> in fact, I think that they should have them come back for a new Hallmark movie. Have uh, Melissa oh, Joan Hart that'd be and fun. Adrian Grenier because they've both done some. Uh, but uh, 
Melissa Joan Hart's been on the Lifetime train for a while, Mm. but (laughs) we can have her back (laughs) into Hallmark. (laughs) We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. The Sweet Life by bestselling author Suzanne Woods Fisher is the perfect read to get you ready for the summer season. Jilted by her fiancé, Dawn Dixon escapes to beautiful Cape Cod on a groomless honeymoon with her mother. But she didn't expect her mother to risk everything, on a whim, to move there permanently or buy a rundown ice cream shop in need of repair. In order to make their new life work, they'll also need her ex's help so things get messy. Find out more at SuzanneWoodsFisher.com or use the affiliated link below. That's SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. What about you? What's your next pick? My next pick is The Family Man, um, starring Nicolas Cage and Taylor Owning. And if you have talked to me ever, um, <laughs> you know probably that I like time travel movies. Um this is kind of like a more modern spin on it's a wonderful life. Not exactly the same, but that kind of like he's, he's a successful businessman and it's like, what would happen if you'd made a different choice at Mm -hmm. a different point in your life and where would it take you and what would you have and what would you value? And, um, I just, I think it's a beautiful look at, at the different things that we think are important. Um, I love Taylioni, like big girl Mm -hmm. crush on Taylioni. She's just (laughs) stunning and hilarious. Um, and I, I love them together. Nicholas Cage is just, I don't know if I can use the word charming <laughs> for Nicholas Cage. Cause he but always he really looks is. just, he looks a little crazy, like all the time. Right. <laughs> like, like I just don't know that I personally can assign him that word, but it's just their, their chemistry is great. It's such an endearing story. Um, you know, I, I think it resonates with people that always kind of wonder what if, um, and again, it's kind of like that, that it's a wonderful life glimpse into what it would be like if dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I watch it all the time. It's one of the ones, you know, as kind of our, our criteria for this, it's, I feel like no, not a lot of people have seen it. Um, and I think my parents haven't even seen it. And so I recommended mm-hmm. it to them and I'm desperately hoping that they like it because <laughs> there've been a few lately that I'm like, Oh, you should watch this. And they're like, no, yeah. that was bad. <laughs> but I don't think this is one of them. The only thing that's hard about this movie, I do really enjoy it. And it's like another Christmas movie. You have two on your, it Christmas is. I know, I list. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is why probably we're friends. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Um, the only thing that's hard about it is that you, you go through all this character development and then it's all a facade, you know, it's not mm. it's real. Right. Mm. So then I've kind of tried to have them meet up at the end, but the kids aren't real. The, you know, the growth, everything that's fake. Spoilers. And and so that's the only thing that's like kind of hard about it. And uh, so I agree. That's that's my favorite thing. I know we're not really talking about this one, but it's my favorite thing about 13 going on 30 Mm. um, that, that she was able to rectify her choices and and make the right ones. Yeah. Um, whereas a well, lot they, of time hop movies or kind of what if movies, they have a chance to make a different choice, but they don't have a chance to do it over, which mm-hmm. is the case with this one. Yeah. 
I there's there was one this last season for Countdown to Christmas on Hallmark Channel. It was my favorite of the whole season, called A Kiss Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was so good. <laughs> it has um, James Denton from Desperate Housewives. Um, and Terry Hatcher, also from Desperate Housewives. I love her. <laughs> she reminds me of my roommate from college. <laughs> oh, you'll love this then. Anyway, in the movie, uh, he uh, he's a good guy. Uh, he t- t- kind of picked the family path and is still just trying to grind it out at this business, this office. Um, it seems like everybody gets all the perks uh, that uh, is kind of dishonest. Um, and he's like t- down the straight road with the kids and the wife. And he starts to have a moment where he's like, why did I you know, make this decision? Why did I do that? Kind of a George Bailey moment. Mm. And uh, he wakes up and the family is gone. So it's the opposite of family man, right? Mm, yeah. So he has to try to kind of, well, first he's like excited because he's got like a Ferrari and stuff like that. But then of course that doesn't <laughs> it is last. exactly the opposite. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't last long. <laughs> and, but I think it works better as a story because you have somebody that's trying to get back as opposed to this sort of fake family. It's like the grown up home alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wish your family yeah. gone and then they are. Yeah. <laughs> and what they did that was so brilliant is they had his two kids be adopted. So then he, in the alternate reality sees them with other parents. And, with oh. other, and I thought that was very, very smart. That is clever. Because obviously if it's, if he didn't, if it was, you know, normal, um, if it was a, a, a traditional children, uh, you wouldn't, they would just be, you know, not there. So I thought that yeah. was very smart. That is clever. <laughs> that's a, that's a, good, a good call. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you should check that one out, but yeah, the yeah, family man on my list. Is a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So my next one is one that I have a lot of nostalgia for. It's an animated film because, you know, I love animation. And it's Anastasia. And I think mm. that Anastasia, I mean, I pretty much think that almost anything that's not made by Disney could be, unless it's like Spider-Verse or something like that, almost everything could be considered underrated, <laughs> underappreciated. <laughs> uh, maybe Shrek wouldn't be. But, uh, that's true. But, They're rabid fans for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but Anastasia... I just love the romance between Dimitri and Anya and you know, you kind of have the princess and the, the sort of commoner, the swindler, and he learns his ways. It's kind of got a bit of a, even a music man kind of feel at times. I love this, the songs. I think mm. they're really great mm-hmm. and it, you know, it has problematic elements. I get it in a, that it's about a real person in real time. And um, you know, and you have like a talking bat and you have, you know, some talk. I can understand why people don't like that and get offended by it. And I appreciate that, but I don't know. I just still, maybe it's nostalgia talking. I just really like the connection between the two characters. I really like the music and animation. Uh, Some great sequences in there. Like uh, when the, when the train crashes is Mm. a really, you know, stunning animated scene. Um, you know, this was definitely made to kind of compete with uh, Disney at its height when you're talking mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and things like that. It's not on that level, but I think it's in the conversation. Um, 
And so, I don't know, I just love it. I love <laughs> it, too. They, they did a bunch of really neat things with the animation. They tried mm-hmm. the CGI stuff. And, like, especially with, I, I remember her jewels being, like, startlingly oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, but that story is so great. Dimitri is such a dish. Yes. Um. <laughs> and that whole scene when uh, they're they're dancing. On the ship. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. Yeah. Oh, he's so great. So, so great. <laughs> Yes, I love them. And actually, so I have, I don't think I've even showed my kids that because I, my big beef with it is just, it's scary. The Rasputin element is really dark and creepy. Yeah. Um, and so even as a grown up, <laughs> if I watch it, I fast forward through all the Rasputin parts, which the only downside to that is you miss Christopher Lloyd's brilliant performance and Bartok, which is mm-hmm. honestly a great loss. But so I wish they could just tone that down. Obviously, <laughs> we can't go back and do that, but. I, I was, it's still such a great film. Yeah, I was just telling Sean that <laughs> when uh, when I went when I was reviewing the Disney Canon, I watched the Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What uh, is this weird bur- mouse burlesque scene in the middle of this movie?" I'm like, "I do not remember this at all." And so then I called my mom, <laughs> and I said, "Mom, did, was this you know this movie and it has this weird." mouse scene and and she was like oh yeah i always skipped over that part (laughs) that's so funny i remember as a kid singing that song and then now looking back i think man that's weird (laughs) to have that whole scene in there and get the kids to like the song and then they're literally singing a burlesque song just all over (laughs) it's just it's very it's it was a weird choice for sure (laughs) yeah um but I, I kind of, I do feel like the, uh, the, I think it's called The Dark of the Night, I think is what mm-hmm. the song is called. So good. I really like that song by The soundtrack Rasputin. is phenomenal. I mean, it's just, you can, it's barely, I can't even think of one off the top of my head that really competes with it. Um, yeah, and it definitely so feels like, that scene especially feels like a copy of be prepared mm-hmm. like, in so many ways as far as the mm-hmm. animation and the, and the song and everything, but it's still, I still like it. Still, yeah. It it's really good. That it's and Angela Lansbury was so great in it. Mm-hmm. Meg Ryan is like phenomenal. She's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. If I had a movie I, about myself, I think she would have to narrate it just because I feel like she's, how i think i sound I, I, I not agree. in real life i know i don't actually sound like meg ryan but in my head yeah <laughs> my head voice and, is meg ryan <laughs> and they did a good job of because they have different people singing yes for both of them oh and they did I'm a so very good that. job hold on a minute i'm checking something like real quick. making that mesh i mean and disney does that all the time like you have in aladdin the, the speaking voice and the singing voices are different uh also and Pocahontas, the singing and the uh, speaking voice are different. Uh, so, you know, there's there's lots of examples of that. Yeah, especially with animated films. They do that a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I so. always thought it was funny that Singing in the Rain did that. So there's like the plot was that the lady sang for the famous actress. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. really someone else sang for the lady that was singing for the... <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Okay, hold on. Checking something. Yes, Liz Calloway is the singing oh, voice. Oh, yeah. Broadway. 
Oh, she's amazing. So good. She yeah. did so many things. She is basically the voice of my childhood. I just didn't know it. Um, <laughs> she's in all the things that I loved, and especially the songs that I loved most. She sang mm-hmm. most of them. And so. Kelsey Grammer does his own singing, and he's great. I love him as Vlad. Vlad. Yes, um, he was fantastic. He's really good. It's and... just good. It really is. It's mm-hmm. such a good movie. So and good. a really good romance. I, I, I for oh. some reason, people always forget animated films when, uh, whenever they do sort of categories. I feel like that's not strictly animated, and uh, this is a, I think, a really good animated uh, romance. I so, super agree. What is your next pick? Well, I'm gonna springboard off of the Liz Calloway train and go with uh, the Swan Princess. Mm, so mm-hmm. she is also the singing voice of princess odette and the swan princess um i love this movie um there's you know it's it's not disney so the quality isn't as high as far as animation goes but it is such a solid and fun story there's one dark element but um i don't think it's i I worry about traumatizing my children. I know you and I were talking earlier about the eighties and all the movies that came out in the eighties and like how much that mess with <laughs> land before time. All dogs go to heaven. E.T. All American dogs go to heaven. Tale. All dogs oh. go to heaven is so weird. I it's watched so, it. For I watched it all the time. <laughs> like so I used, weird. I have this weird thing where like, there's all these films that I used to love and I watch them on repeat. And then, they they scarred me for life, and I'm yeah. like, so if if they traumatized me, why did I watch them so much? But I I totally did. It's so this about a gambler trying to not go to hell. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's brutal. I I'm still haunted. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the dog, but the one that was in the dog heaven, and she's like, you can never come back. I was, I mean, it's traumatizing. It's completely. I I'm feeling nauseous just thinking about that scene right now. Yeah, I was, uh, we were talking off air and that we can all blame E.T. Like, yes. That's the one that was in 81. And that movie is super, is, I like, I love it, but it's super dark. I mean, when, when Alligator and E.T. are in that, like. Mm, that creepy uh, plastic tunnel. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why don't you listen to this? Why oh. are you like, ah. That whole movie has like the stress level just cranked up to 11 the whole time. Like the family life is stressful. The friends are stressful. The alien encounter is stressful. Getting the alien back home is stressful. Like the whole thing is just like, it's been a really long time in all fairness since I've watched it because that movie just freaks me out. That is another one I used to watch a lot. And I just got to a certain point. I was like, nope, I'm done. Not not doing that anymore. The 80s were just like a different time for for children's entertainment. Yeah. But this, the Swan Princess, is, a, yes. I feel like, a good balance. I mean, it does have the evil element, but it's not so bad that you feel like it's, you know, yeah. kind of tainting the rest of the film. Um, I love, again, the music in this. It's 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 one of the little fairy tales where, of course, you know, they, they have the they have a longer history. Um, they Basically, as soon as she's born, uh, her dad and his mom decide that they should basically see if they could get them to 
get married so that their kingdoms can join. So it's like this long betrothal um, and they go visit each other at summertime. And it's such a fun movie where it goes back and forth as you watch them grow up. Um, And so in that way, it's not like your typical fairy tale where they meet two days later and it's like, I love you. Let's get married. But that switch is flipped very fast. Yeah. <laughs> so even though they've known each other a long time, there's kind of like an iffiness. And then all of a sudden it's like, they're super committed. <laughs> they're in. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but I, I can't, I drive my children nuts singing from this movie. I love this movie. I would watch it very frequently if I would be permitted to. I do watch it as often as I'm permitted to <laughs> by my family. <laughs> And suggest it a lot. I just, it's such a great movie. It's so fun. And it's such a great story. And it's directed, this was definitely in those other studios trying to do the Disney thing. Mm. Uh, But it was directed by Richard Rich, who is one of the, what are called the nine old men uh, Mm. over uh, that Walt Disney. uh, They were, um, they were old in the sense of, uh, talent i guess he called him the nettleman richard rich was one of them and uh, i i just that name richard rich great name. <laughs> um and it's this was probably maybe not overrated in utah but it's kind of got a cult following maybe in utah because the whole thing was made in utah uh, by all, it's got tons of Utah talent. The music by Lex Vado, who's like a Utah guy. And uh, so it's kind of got this, like I'm in this weird little hub where people love princess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. I don't like it as much as Anastasia, That's, but. Yeah. I like it. I don't, ugh, I wouldn't say I like it more just because I think that might be borderline insanity, but <laughs> I really like it. They're very close. If I haven't seen them, then give them a shot. Uh, Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's worth it. All right. And it is kind of funny. that So Anas- Anastasia, uh, I write for a website called uh, Rotoscopers, uh, which is all about animation. And we always do some kind of joke for, uh, for uh, April Fool's. Mm-hmm. And years ago like i don't know 2015 like a long time ago well before the purchase of um fox in 2019 uh they put a on rotoscopers for april fools they put a thing about that uh that anastasia was going to become the next disney princess the official <laughs> disney princess. people trouble crazy and i think even to this day it's one of the most viewed articles on the whole website like that's so funny and, and so it's really ironic that now because disney bought fox now Anastasia could be considered a disney princess that's funny <laughs> have you seen the musical i did so i did see it i just saw it from a, a high school was producing it and so i went up saw it and so it's not like broadway level but mm-hmm. i didn't love it as much as i was hoping i would they they definitely it's like they kind of overcorrected i feel like more historical yeah and they made it really really serious and really kind of drab it just wasn't fun and that was a bummer to me that is one thing i think in the animated film they did so well like obviously the russia at that time was not a great place to be and they they made it i don't mean it to sound blasé but they made it 
funny while mm-hmm. also like bringing attention to things are not good here. <laughs> like, like I feel like there's a happy in between. Uh, yeah. There's a happy in between making what they did and having a talking bat. I feel like there's somewhere in between <laughs> that we probably should have been at. Uh, yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed with That's it. I, it's certainly not. I mean, any musical, if I'm out at the theater, I'm having a good time. But, uh, but yeah, I can see why it didn't do all that well on Broadway and why it didn't last that long. Because I don't know, just like who you don't want to go to sort of a drab, sad night at the theater. Some people do. I am not one of those people. <laughs> yeah, me either. I am not. <laughs> me either. All right. So my next pick is <laughs> my next pick is called Plus One. And this is one that I know you're not as high on as I am. Um, but I think it's very underrated. I'm so glad you picked um, it though. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> um, this is an R-rated rom-com so if you're not into that it's not hallmark approved if you don't like that then you're not going to enjoy this uh, the language the you know some of the sensuality uh, but it's basically about this there's two friends who agree to be each other's plus ones at they have like tons of weddings uh, and of course as they're sort of it's sort of a, kind of a fake relationship or marriage of convenience kind of and uh, which I love. I love those. Mm. <laughs> like I already said, which I'm crazy. Um, and uh, as they you know, keep going to all these weddings together and their friends have very fancy weddings. <laughs> uh, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I want to know but, what his job was that he could afford a gift for each of those weddings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what his job was. He worked with was. his dad, but I don't remember what it was that he did. Mm. I think. And uh, I thought that, it was funny. I thought they had really good chemistry and I, I just really liked, especially Jack Quaid. Uh, it was the first t- thing I'd ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. And he's of course, Dennis Quaid's uh, son. Mm-hmm. And he was, I just thought super swoon worthy in the movie. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. And uh, so I, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I thought, oh, that was a pleasant little lark that I saw in, in, uh, in, uh, 2019. Uh, but yeah. What did you think about it? I thought it was fun overall. I think um, when I talked to you about it and maybe this is an inaccurate description, but it reminded me a little bit of Palm Springs without the twist. Um, so it was, I mean, I've seen obviously a bunch of movies where, there's like buddies put together and I, I also <laughs> really am fond of the, Oh, we're just going to pretend. And the <laughs> super doesn't work out that way at all. <laughs> um, they were fantastic together. Their chemistry was great. Um, I did really like how um, at the beginning she kind of seemed to be the needier <laughs> mess of the two. Yeah. And then at the end, even though he seemed to be the more stable, um, he just wasn't facing some realities about his character flaws. And I found that a really intriguing character arc. Um, yeah, that's and, true. And they, they like, she was <laughs> insane, but she knew it. <laughs> and she owned it. Um, I I mean, I thought it was a really good exposition on feelings. I felt, felt like it was really realistic. All mm-hmm. the weddings they went to, There's it wasn't all perfect. 
Um, some speeches were really good. Some speeches were really bad. And you're like cringing. Um, I mean, I tell you, I would hate going to all those weddings. Oh, my goodness. I, mean, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even imagine. That is so many. I'm trying to think. Uh, my mind just went completely blank. There's I mean, another movie where they in do your- that. Yeah, yes. when you're in your early 20s, that is a thing. You just go to It feels like of- all the time. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin, I remember like every weekend we're, hey, when are we going to get together? Oh, I've got weddings like every weekend from now until forever. So yeah. I'm not sure when I'll be available. <laughs> but I, I, you already mentioned it was R-rated. Um, I don't generally have a problem with that, but it just, it was a little crasser than I think of when I think of quote unquote rom-coms. So I think yeah, going into it with the perspective of it was a rom-com, it was just raunchier than I expected. It isn't, yeah. it isn't the worst would- <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but It would probably be a good one for our listeners if you have watched a lot of the Hallmark and you need like a little contrast, a little break. <laughs> this would be a good one. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, fun, and I mm-hmm. ended up watching it or chose to watch it because I watched the trailer. I was trying to find a couple that I hadn't seen before that I'd heard about to see if they would count as uh, yeah. underrated. And I played the trailer, and Sean started cracking up at part of it, and I was like, "Okay, well, if he laughed, I'm going to check it out." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I do feel like this would be a pretty good one. If you're with a bunch of kind of guys, mm-hmm. this would be one that is like palatable, I think, to, I mean, guys like the Serby stuff too, but I feel like this would be a pretty good gateway. Yeah. <laughs> to rom pick. <laughs> that they'll find so To the dark side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. But what's your next pick? My next pick is Yesterday. Um, And it's a movie about a musician who's trying to make it and... I think he sounds lovely, but he just can't break the ceiling. He can't get a good gig. He can't catch a break. Um, And so he's riding home on his bicycle and like there's this huge power outage. This isn't a spoiler. It's in the commercials. Huge power outage. He gets hit, hit by a bus. And when he wakes up in the hospital, nobody but him remembers the Beatles. Yeah. And so he's a musician who can sing, who can play the guitar. He realizes nobody remembers the Beatles. So he desperately tries to recreate <laughs> all the things that the Beatles did and then kind of skyrockets to stardom. And it's like, what does he do? How does it change his personal relationships? How does it change his priorities? 
Um, and it's just funny. There's there's a couple little things in in as the movie goes that harken back to the blackout and maybe other things that changed. And it just cracks me up. Um, I think Himesh Patel and Lily James have great chemistry. They're like friends, but you don't know if they want to be more or not. It's very confusing as to if they like each other. It seems like it's a strong possibility, but then you're not sure. Um, it's just fun. I, if you like the Beatles music, I think you'll like it. There's a there's a twist in it that I just absolutely love. Ed Sheeran's in it, and I think that's hysterical. I think he did so well in the film, <laughs> and I love every every moment he's in it. It's just so funny to me. So mm-hmm. I I the, love this one. My favorite part of this movie is the scene where uh, they find John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's such an interesting thought experiment. Because if he was just a fisherman and then he didn't die, you know, that he lived a full life, but, but he didn't produce all this incredible music and this incredible Mm -hmm. stuff. Like what it's kind of the same thing I think about was like Mozart, you know, like he had a tortured life, but it produced all this great stuff. Yeah. It's, but it's definitely thought provoking. Want him to have the like if we could do it all over again, would you say have the tortured life because you're gonna make all this beautiful stuff that we treasure to this day? Who wouldn't want all that great stuff? But well, and I think that's what's say, most interesting this about, person? about this in particular, because they don't even have the choice. You know, a lot of yeah. these other movies we talked about with the time travel element or the what if element, the the person affected gets to choose. And in but, this case, he has no idea. That that's but even still, an it's kind of interesting to think what is the better, yeah, John Lennon outcome is the I better cried. John Lennon outcome. I legitimately cried at that scene. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. it was so it was really so good. tastefully done. And as, I fin- as soon as I finished, I was like, "Dad, you have to watch this movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the part I didn't like, I have to say, I didn't love the romance in this movie. I felt like he was pretty rude to Lily James and. I didn't feel like he deserved her. That's uh, fair. I can see that. Yeah. And uh, so that was my frustration, I guess, with the with the movie. But it's definitely like an interesting idea and an interesting uh, film and worth definitely worth a watch. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I, I, so, I agree. I think as like I like the romance part, but it's not strong. <laughs> it's like it's more a fascinating plot and and what's happening as opposed to this is the best romance ever <laughs> yes <laughs> so my next choice is a movie that came out uh kind of mid pandemic so nobody saw it but i did and i liked it it's called the broken hearts gallery hmm. and this movie it stars I'm very sorry. I'm going to butcher your name. It's Geraldine Viswanathan. Mm. <laughs> and it has um, Dacre Montgomery, who is on Stranger Things. He looks like Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so she plays this woman who is, works for this um, art gallery. Uh, and she is kind of a hoarder of sorts she saves all of the different uh, artifacts from all of her 
different relationships. And uh, so she gets dumped by her current boyfriend and she creates this, the broken heart gallery. Uh, and it's kind of a, 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 a gallery, you know, with all different items from her relationships and uh, the word on the gallery kind of spreads and becomes this sort of social media thing. Hmm. He's trying to restore this hotel and, uh, and anyway, they just end up spending a lot of time together and I thought it was really cute. It is, I mean, it's a PG 13, but it is a strong PG 13. <laughs> <laughs> it does have quite a bit of, of, um, it's pretty vulgar for PG 13. I think I'm actually surprised that it is PG 13. Uh, but, um, but I don't know. I just thought it was really sweet and, uh, they had, they had good chemistry and it's nice to see, you know, a lead that's, um, a little bit of diversity in there. And, uh, so I think it's worth checking out as one that kind of got missed because of the pandemic. It has Bernadette Peters is in there. It has Philippa Sue from Hamilton, She's wow. in there. Um, it has Utkarsh Amadukar, who, if you've watched the new show Ghosts, he's on that. He's great. Um, and he's somebody that you definitely would recognize. If, he's uh, from Pitch Perfect. Saw. Yes, he's in tons of stuff. Yes. Anyway, so it's, I think, worth checking out. Well, I unfortunately missed it, but I have added it to my list. So hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll get around to it soon. <laughs> All right, what is your next pick? My next pick also came out in the pandemic, and I feel like people missed it. Uh, obviously, Twitter is such a hard place to gauge because there's like I know. pockets where everybody knows what you're talking about, and it's not a real sampling of the real world. <laughs> but yeah, this came out true. in 2020, um, and it was my favorite movie of the year, and it's Love and Monsters. And I remember hearing the title... And Sean, like, hey, you want to watch this? I was like, whatever. Like, I was so, I remember how I felt that night. I was just kind of like, blah. And I'm like, sure. I mean, pandemic, just bring it on. Bring on the monsters in the end of the world. And, you know, just just kind of <laughs> expecting it to be a, a post-apocalyptic and end of the world stuff. Just whatever. Just not not happy at all. And, well, I wouldn't call it a happy film. I just think it was handled so beautifully. I think the perspective was so fresh and he, he had a whole bunch of crappy things happen to him and he experienced a Mm -hmm. lot of really bad things, but the way he reacted to it was so unusually healthy. (laughs) And so basically uh, the earth, um, there was, I, I believe it was like a meteor was coming at the planet. It was huge. It was an earth killer. And so they shot, nuclear weapons up into the sky and they destroyed the rock that was coming and um the chemicals or after i don't even know what it's called whatever comes after the nuclear explosion (laughs) um, settled yes settled down onto the earth and while it didn't impact the humans at all it did um mutate bugs and reptiles and so they turn into these horrible monsters i mean like just awful really gross not going to even lie and so everyone has to like run and escape and it completely adjust to a new earth because while it wasn't destroyed it also kind of was so they're living people are spread out all over living in factions um you know in in the ground 
wherever they can be safe and, and secret. And basically he had, I was, I think a high school love um, who he was separated from when the bugs first started to mutate and he discovers that she's alive and not too crazy far away. And he's like awkward and clumsy and really not brave. And he just decides I'm going to go see her. And so mm-hmm. he, he decides to walk from his encampment to hers, which is, I can't even remember how far it was, but, and it's just his journey and, you know, the things he encounters and the things he learns about himself. And I, I love this movie. I cannot, this is one of the ones that I don't know. I, I, I'm like, have you seen this? Oh, you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. This. It was one of my favorites, if not my favorite of 2020, I can't remember. It was definitely my top three. Um, I really love it. I think it's got kind of everything. It's one of those movies mm-hmm. that it's got the romance. It's got the humor. It's got the, uh, It's a, this would be another really good one. If you're, if you're trying to find a movie to watch with your significant other mm-hmm. that doesn't typically like romance. So this is definitely like a, a good one, a gateway yeah. kind it's of got one. The component, that, but it's not overly mm-hmm. saturated. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the I love the creature design. I was so happy that it got nominated for Best Visual Effects because mm-hmm. on such a small budget, what they did to create really interesting, like they're they're like no other creatures that I've seen in other mm-hmm. movies. They're yeah. new. They look fresh. And that's exciting. In this unpredictable, you don't know what they're going to do because oh. they're these mutated. They're terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Scary. <laughs> and... Yeah, I I just never really exactly knew where it was going. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the exception of the the kind of the pirate, the that part was pretty predictable. But but still, I just really enjoyed it, and I I I thought it was great. And I mean, I just can't believe that they did all that they did for mm-hmm. thirty million dollars. I mean, that's amazing. About, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, you think about movies. Like any Marvel movie, you're spending 150 to 200 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. 30 million versus 100, and, I mean, 50 million. What? Unbelievable. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. If you haven't seen it, that's that of all of them, that's the one that I will push the most. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not your, your typical rom com <laughs> by a long stretch, but it's such yeah. a good movie. And I normally don't like dystopians. I'm not a Hunger Games fan. I didn't like uh, whatever those ones with Shailene Woodley. I didn't like those. Oh, Divergent. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like those. I don't like the um, other ones with Dylan O'Brien. Um, the the um, wall ones. R- what Maze Runner? Maze Runner. Maze Runner. Yeah. I didn't like those. I just don't like dystopians usually. So the fact that I still like this and the fact that I liked it in a pan, you know, in, in a pandemic in 2020. Yeah. That kind of says a lot because it, I, that really does turn me off. Yeah. I like I said, and, and you know, this is my personal reaction to it. But I was super just like, bring on more drama. Like, like yeah. what's a little would, more? And it was so I, refreshing. It was such yeah. a great film. I would watch sequel if they did one. You don't need one, but right. I would be curious to see what's going on with the characters. Yeah. I'm trying to get some of my friends to watch this. We were supposed to watch it for my birthday, but then we all got sick. So I'm still trying to reschedule, but I'm like, okay, for my birthday, I get to pick the movie. So we're going to watch Love and Monsters. (laughs) And they're like, and I showed it to, 
I showed it to my nieces and they all enjoyed it too. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, my last pick is, uh, is I think underrated. Well, it wasn't underrated when it came out. It got nominated for best picture. It won best screenplay. It was pretty popular, but I feel like it's been kind of forgotten since because, uh, it's directed by Woody, Woody Allen and it's called midnight in Paris. And, and obviously Woody Allen has his huge bag, uh, huge baggage that goes along. And if people don't want to watch Woody Allen, I totally get it. And I respect that. Anyway, so this movie, uh, it stars Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson. And uh, it is about, he plays, Owen Wilson plays this writer who uh, really idolizes the writing from the like 20s and 30s. And particularly people like um, Hemingway and uh, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, um, people Mm. like that, and um, Gertrude Stein. And so he goes to Paris with his girlfriend, played by Rachel McAdams, and she's kind of selfish and not not great she's not a great person she's a mean girl Um, she she doesn't care at all about any of his dreams or what he wants um but he's with her for some reason Um, because she's Rachel McAdams right (laughs) and one day he is walking along the streets of Paris and he finds this kind of time loop I guess where he ends up in 1920s Paris and uh, so every night he ends up in 1920s Paris and he gets to meet all of these incredible oh, people wow. that he's idolized for, you know, kind of put on a pedestal. And it's easy to do that with a past era, you know, be like, oh, I really wish that I had been, uh, you know, born in a different era than mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, and it has some ton. I mean, the cast is absolutely huge. Uh, and there's so many people. Um, that come in and out that he meets. Um, like I said, uh, Tom Hiddleston plays F Scott Fitzgerald hmm. um, and he's writing great Gatsby while they're there, which is fun. Uh, I love Corey Stoll as Ernest Hemingway. He's just really great. And uh, then you have Pablo Picasso, you have Kathy Bates as Gertrude Stein. Um, there's just tons of people. Wow. Salvador Dali, a- Adrian Brody plays Salvador Dali. And there's a lot of other people that I'm like, I didn't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of fun also to be like oh who's that and catch all the easter eggs and 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 uh fun um but the the point of the movie is more just sort of like how we as uh humans so often don't appreciate the era that we're in and the moment mm-hmm. and we're always kind of hoping for something different or looking back or idolizing the past instead of uh instead of living in the moment and uh, realizing the blessings that we have now and so it kind of has something to say and so as he's in in with all these people that he's idolized he realizes like oh they were just people, people like me and they had struggles and were imperfect and um and then he meets Mary- marion cotillard plays this woman who it's interesting because she idolizes like the 18 the the, the 1880s kind of uh, era like sort of victorian kind of era um, and so she's always looking back and she's like, oh, the 1920s are so lame. And he's like, mm-hmm. what? This is the best, you know? So that's interesting too, to think back that probably then they were looking back and, uh, and yeah, I mean, and, and especially interesting now when you, we have such a nostalgia 
ridden culture, you know, where everything is nostalgia, 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 looking back, whether it's the eighties or the nineties, you know, and or the, even prior yeah. to 2020, like yeah. just desperate for whatever we considered normal right. before this yeah. COVID and, era BC. And <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's good and I enjoy it and it's effective. And other times it's like, it feels almost patronizing to mm-hmm. the point of like, you're not actually telling a story. You're just giving me things that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, so I just love the movie. I think it's so good. Uh, there is a romance. Obviously you kind of have, he has this girlfriend, but then there's also other, and uh, there's his relationship with Mary Cartier, but then there's also another. Um, wow, he's very busy. Sweet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. It'll make you want to go to Paris. Um, I think it's one of the best movies that Woody Allen ever made, if not the best. Um, I mean, he's still making movies, but uh, it's it's definitely, if not my favorite, one of my favorites, that's for sure. So if you haven't seen it. And I have not. Then I think weird because it sounds like a movie I would very much like. Yeah, evidently it's available on Hulu. Um, so you can watch it on there. And uh, I think most people will enjoy it if you can get beyond the Woody Allen thing. And like I said, if that's a deal breaker for you, I totally understand and respect that. But um, but there we go. That's my last one. <laughs> Excellent choices. Yes. So I guess we should go over our picks really quick. I have uh, I have Anastasia, Drive Me Crazy, Plus One, The Broken Hearts Club, Broken Hearts Gallery, and Midnight in Paris. And I have Meet Me in St. Louis, The Family Man, The Swan Princess, Yesterday, and Love and Monsters. Great. Very good. So let us know what you think about our picks. We'd love to hear in the comment section or on Twitter. And if you have your own picks uh, that you think are underrated, uh, then definitely check it out. I'll put the links to the two previous episodes that we did so you can check those out. And Jennifer, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at PB and Jedi. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. And also make sure you're following the podcast at Homebreakies Pod and Homebreakies Podcast, all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And we also have our patron group and merch store, which are a lot of fun. The information's in the description. And uh, thanks again for doing this. And we'll have to do it again soon. Thanks so much (laughs) for having me again. This is always fun. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye.